Hello, forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Tori. And this is episode seven of Calling the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight days. Wee! I forgot to have a, a sound effect ready. Maybe someday we'll come up with something to say there, but for now it's just woo. Yeah, some sort of like, <laughs> some sort of congratulatory sound like yay. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, we are back again with another episode of Calling the Shots. Last week we did not have a quiz for the episode because we were not prepared. And this time we were still not prepared <laughs> until the last minute, but we do have a quiz. <laughs> so uh, no fear. Have no fear. The quizzes are back. The uh, quiz that we did end up choosing is from our favorite site for quizzes, BuzzFeed, and it's titled, Believe It or Not, Everyone Has a Weird New Moon Moment That Matches Their Personality. Take this quiz to reveal yours, which is like oddly, I'm like, I don't know what, is it going to recommend that my new moon moment is when like Bella jumps off a cliff? Like what? (laughs) Oh boy, I can't wait to see. I'm like, what is that? Okay. Um, Do you want to ask the first question, Tori? Sure. All right. So the first question says, who is your favorite vampire? And the options are Alice, Jasper, Rosalie, Emmett, Esme, Carlisle, Edward, or Bella? Spoiler. I know. I was like, if you didn't, if you didn't finish the series. Sorry, guys, if you haven't. Spoiler alert. It's been a long time. I'm sure you know what happens. Okay. <laughs> I'm picking Carlisle. <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question. I love- yeah, I-, I knew what you were going to pick. <laughs> uh, the next question is, choose a song from the New Moon ch- soundtrack. Um, the options are, oh, wow, this is going to be a really like lengthy selection. Um, Meet Me on the Equinox by Death Cab for Cutie. Friends by Band of Skulls. Hearing Damage by... Is that pronounced Tom? Tom York? Yeah. Tom York. <laughs> Tom York. Um, possibility by Likely? Likely. Let's go with that one. <laughs> Likely. Uh, Satellite Heart by Anya Marina. Rosalind by Bon Niver and St. Vincent. Uh, the Violet Hour by Seawolf or Shooting the Moon by OK Go. I literally can only remember the Rosalind song. I'll go with Possibility is the other one that I can remember <laughs> other than Rosalind. So I'll go with Possibility. Okay. <laughs> We're like, uh, <laughs> what song do we know? I'm sure if I listen to them, I'd be like, oh yeah, that one. But mm-hmm. I'm not a song name person. All right. So pick a cringy Edward Cullen quote. What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? <laughs> I like watching you sleep. Oh, God. Ew. And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. It's the fluorescence. I like the way you smell. (laughs) You better hold on tight, spider monkey. Jacob doesn't own a shirt. (laughs) You can Google it. I think I'm going to have to say the spider monkey one because that's the only one that makes me want to like retract inside of myself. I like, hate it. I literally, I'm pretty sure most of these quotes are actually from Twilight, though. Like the first I think book, so. not the second one, which is why I was like, wait. But then again, Edward doesn't actually appear that much in New Moon. So <laughs> um, I'm going to, 
I'm gonna do the sleeping one. I like that. That sleep. was gonna. That's a good good one. Because even when you were reading it, we were like, <laughs> creepy. Uh, the next question is choose not even a question choose a character who isn't a vampire and the options are charlie swan uh jacob black angela weber billy black seth clearwater leah clearwater jessica stanley and eric yorkie i literally had my answer down before you even read the question charlie (laughs) obviously (laughs) um hmm i like kind of want to choose jessica just because like i don't know ever since we started reading new moon i was like you know what go off jessica (laughs) yeah jessica deserves better she deserves better but then seth is played by boo boo stewart who's such a cutie (laughs) and i'm like oh the little baby (laughs) um no i'm gonna pick jessica just because because jessica all right pick an actor you totally forgot was in the twilight saga (laughs) Remy Malik, is that how you say his name? Malik, Remy Malik. I don't know. Maybe Dakota Fanning. I do not know how to say this man's name. Cam, uh, the man that plays James. <laughs> Michael Sheen, Bryce Dallas Howard, Anna Kendrick, Boo Boo Stewart, and Christian Serratos. Is that how you say your name? I think so. Yes. Okay. The only person that I genuinely forgot was in the Twilight Saga was Remy Malik. Honestly, me too. <laughs> Everybody else, I was like, yeah, I, I knew they were in this. I don't remember that man at all. I don't know who that man is. I don't even remember who he played. No, like, me either. One of the vampires. I guess he must. He's got red eyes. Exactly. But I was like, but who? <laughs> um, and the final question is, lastly, choose a 2000s outfit to wear to the hypothetical Midnight Sun movie premiere. Uh, This is really difficult to explain in words, but I will try my best. So there is a a black off the shoulder sequency looking dress that has like red and white. I don't even know what fabric or material that is. It looks like like they look like- Black holographic fabric with diamonds. Yeah, they look like little tiles that were just stuck on, but it's an off the shoulder black dress. And then there's another dress that seems to be like a, uh, what's that shape? It's so difficult to <laughs> to describe dresses, but it's a maybe black an dress. Waistline, maybe it's a black dress that's like corset top, and then like it seemingly looks like it flares out almost like a little tutu, and it has like a gold belt on it. Um, and then you have a white button down with a black tie and black vest ensemble that's there. Um, we have a black button down with a tan leather jacket okay pop off um um, we have a white off the shoulder dress but with a black mesh and some sort of red satiny looking fabric i'm assuming for the remainder remainder of the of the dress um and then a plaid looking button down with a black leather jacket i literally have no idea what kristen stewart's wearing in this second it looks like a tweed, a tweed tube top <laughs> and then you have a um i have no idea what this fabric is but i'm gonna say maybe like a silk looking yeah fabric. like a satiny a satin silk uh it's late blue 
similar to like Cinderella's like blue or even Alice in Wonderland and it has a black belt on it low-key I kind of like the one dress that the like white red and black dress that Kristen Stewart's wearing I think that's a dress yeah Yeah, it is kind of cool I also like how it's the twilight colors I was thinking that it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh book covers Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with that little black dress with the gold detailing Ashley Green is wearing Mm -hmm. beautiful giving me Versace vibes it might be Versace who knows gorgeous gorgeous okay what you get oh this is a spoiler for the books we haven't gotten here yet (gasps) it says teenage marriage proposal (gasps) times (gasps) damn that's not what I got (laughs) What did you get? I got Edward wearing a suit for the whole movie. <laughs> Literally the whole movie. And then the subtitle said, or the the caption with it says, prom was in the first movie, buddy. <laughs> Mine says, teen marriage proposal. I mean, you do you. <gasps> What's the picture? Uh, Edward being like, marry me, Bella. And Bella being like, uh... Uh, yeah mine is literally just a screenshot of Edward in his suit (laughs) in his suit which I do remember people making jokes about that um when the movie came out I just like forgot (laughs) I totally forgot that was a thing until I just read this right now but yeah that's um apparently that's what our the suit thing is my personality Teenage marriage is my personality. Well, I'm 25, so I'm a little (laughs) on that. (laughs) You're like, I'm a little, I kind of passed that a while ago. I know. I haven't been a teenager for quite some time, buddy. (laughs) LOL. Well, we uh, finally got through our quiz, and now we can go straight into our summary of the chapters that we read in this section of New Moon. So last week we read chapters one through eight, and now we read um, the second third, which is chapters nine through 16. Um, Basically, one through eight is... um, Bella turns 18. She's not happy. Edward leaves because he's like, we're not safe for you. Bella spirals <laughs> into depression and um, gets closer with her childhood friend, Jacob Black. And um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like a really summarized version of what happened in the first third of the book. But starting with chapter nine which is titled the third wheel it kind of like starts off on a random day where um, bella and jacob are sorting out their plans for the week so they attempt hiking again in order to find the meadow and then they're also talking about another day to ride bikes and etc and then bella starts getting better at riding her bike which i'm still surprised by that i'm like oh Okay, athletic. Got some skill now. Let's go, athletic. <laughs> but um, because she started getting a lot better um, at riding the bikes, she started hearing or seeing her ghost Edward less because because it's suddenly like a, an activity that's not as dangerous. And because she noticed that she was seeing Edward less, she starts getting concerned about it. Um, so she like. She tells herself that she's going to have to find another way in order to like reconjure her ghost Edward, which I'm still like, that's not, a good, I don't know if that's a good idea. 
idea. It sounds like she's trying to like bring him back from the dead. Like the way that she talks about it. She's like, I'll, I'll bring him back. I'll bring him back. She has like a, a seance. Yeah. 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 It almost feels like she's going to like attempt a, attempt a seance in order to <laughs> speak to Edward once Could again. Could you imagine if she did? Charlie just comes home and she's like floating in the middle of the floor. At this her. point, I wouldn't put it past her because Bella, she is like really going downhill. <laughs> Like her mental health is really, really in bad shape at that point. I feel like anything could possess her because she's just so low spirited at the <laughs> in this uh, stage of her life. But um, yeah, so she's like, I need to figure out a way to see or hear Ghost Edward, which is still really weird. Um, and then randomly for Friday, Jacob's like, oh, do you want to do this? And she's like, actually, I have plans with my school friends uh, to go to the movies. And then she invites... Um, Jacob to come to she says that Jacob can bring his friend Quill and they can make a day of it but then on the day that they were supposed to go to the movies like everyone that they invited <laughs> from school including Quill on Jacob's end like no one is able to go um, it says that like Jessica and Lauren claimed that they were busy that day because they knew that Bella was part of the plan um, of course Mike was so excited to go because like he he just wants to be around Bella. <laughs> but um, I think it also said that Angela and Ben were supposed supposedly going to go, except for like at the very last minute, Angela got the stomach flu. And so she got sick and they did not go. So the movie date ended up just being Bella, Mike, and Jacob. <laughs> That's so awkward. <laughs> Which is such an awkward, like, it's not even like... <laughs> Well, okay, so this the title of this chapter is called Third Wheel, but like Mike is the third wheel. <laughs> Mike is the third wheel in this situation. And I'm like, mm, I feel like they shouldn't have gone. It's just, I don't know. That dynamic is still doesn't make much sense. So it's just Mike, Bella, and Jacob Day go to the movie. The movie is like some sort of horror film. Um and Mike's like, are you sure you don't want to see a different movie? And Bella's like very insistent that she wants to see this horror film. Um, but while they're watching the movie, Mike gets super duper sick um, to the point where he runs off to the bathroom <laughs> to puke. Um, Jacob checks in to see if he's going to be okay. And like, he's not. So they all decide to go home early. Um, but while Mike is throwing up in the bathroom, Jacob asks Bella about like what they are in their relationship, which is I was like, okay, defining the relationship. All right, <laughs> go off, Jacob, I guess. Um, so he asks, like, what is this? Uh, what, what is it going to turn into and things like that? And Bella tries to tell Jacob, like, okay, um, I care about you a lot, but, like, I can't, I'm not going to date you because, like, that's just, we're not going to get to that point. But then she also admits that, like, even though she's attempting to set this boundary, like, she continues to not follow through with it or like cross it multiple times uh and I'm like okay that's not that's definitely not good then if you're you like claim to have a boundary and then you're like going past it or like stretching it um yeah she admits that they're like too blurred the boundaries that she set but um when they were taking Mike back home Jacob also started feeling sick so um he like explains to Bella that it's not 
it's not like um the stomach flu which is what my cat it's something worse dun 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 <laughs> like being a wolf yeah so then bella gets home she also gets sick too except for it is the stomach flu and um she tries to contact jacob to tell her to tell him that like hey i got the stomach flu maybe that's what you have but then jacob's like nah this is not the stomach flu um and he also tells bella not to come over after bella gets um over her sickness sickness and then the chapter ends <laughs> so it's like movie date mike gets sick bella gets sick jacob gets sick and then when bella gets better jacob's still quote sick and he's like don't come over and that's it <laughs> so the chapter ends this was like i mean obviously it was very evident before that mike doesn't really give two shits about bella all like that but i was really surprised at actually how little this kid knows about her like take away her being super depressed over edward does she really strike you as the type of girl that wants to go see tomorrow and forever like <laughs> like he's like trying to get her to go on this date with him that it's very obvious she doesn't want to go on mm -hmm. it's like he's not even trying to learn anything about her he doesn't know anything about her and it was just amazing to see laid out in front of me how evidently he doesn't know anything about her mm -hmm. but i also think it's like in my opinion it doesn't seem like he like allows himself to have the opportunity to know much about her like other than being in like a class or two together the only thing that they have that they'll be in the same room for is like work but yeah i guess being at work would be the opportunity for him to know her more but he doesn't. I mean, obviously, obviously, Jacob knows a lot more about her because they've been spending so much time together. But like, yeah, Mike, he that's what I'm saying. Like, what was the point of him going on this <laughs> to the movies, especially when he knew that a majority of the group weren't going like, I don't know, maybe it's because like, I, I tend to be like, if like plans are really falling through, I, I, like, at that point, I'd be like, Oh, yeah, it's fine. Like, we don't have to go we can go another time or yeah, whatever. I'm like, oh no, it's fine. I don't mm -hmm. want to go with just you and this other guy. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like this is when Jacob really starts blurring the lines too. Like, I know it's all kind of blurred in the beginning, but he's really like going for it. She high fives him and he grabs, grabs her, her hand. <laughs> he literally tells him she's not going to change her mind. She should, he shouldn't expect anything more from her. And he's like, oh, well. I think I'm still gonna try she's like yeah well that's really annoying it's so it's so weird how they're like I don't know there's a lot of like hand holding in this yeah which <laughs> is a little odd I guess you don't really like hold hands with your friend but I mean you can but like yeah. the way that I don't know not My... in the way that they are yeah I do I thought it, I did think it was funny so that when they were in the movie theater um Bella was sitting in the middle between Mike and Jacob and um, the boys both claimed the armrests that would have been like on both either side of Bella but it does say that they both had their hand held out in a similar way almost as if it was like ready for Bella to like hold on to if she were to hold on to one of their hands and I was like oh <laughs> I don't like that yeah, that's so weird <laughs> I don't like that at all yeah. um and I feel bad that she's like blaming herself for how Jacob is reacting to her. Like she literally said how much I wish that Jacob Black had been born my brother so that I could have some legitimate claim on him that let me free of any blame 
That's called friendship, Bella. Like, I also didn't like that she was like, oh, I wish he would have been born my brother. But like the way that she's like, the, the way that like their relationship is going, um, even though it's not like, a, even though it's trying not to become a romantic one, I was like, this is making me uncomfortable how like intimate they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just. I, I think later on she says like, this isn't actually like a brother at all, but yeah. it's something much different than it was with Edward. Mm-hmm. Which like, I'm like, okay, I'm glad at, at one point in this section, she says that because like, it just rubbed me the wrong way that she was like, I wish that Jacob were my brother because blah, yeah. blah, blah. I was like, mm. <laughs> I mean, and maybe at this, point, this was maybe before everything started getting a little more questionable, but even so a little, a little, uh, strange. Some may say, um, was there another note that I had on here? Nope, I think that's it. I also have that it's a little bit funny that um Jacob's not old enough to get into this movie that they're seeing, so Bella has to go buy the ticket <laughs> for him because he's a literal child. But that's why I've been so uncomfortable with this whole thing. Like, <laughs> yes, he's very, very tall and like, yeah, but that's- <laughs> it's He's still a boy. He's still a baby. I was like, this is making me very uncomfortable. And there's like a part that happens towards the end of this section. I was like, mm -mm, I, can't, I can't handle this anymore. Um, but yeah, so this chapter is definitely, it like starts the, it starts adding more to like whatever sort of relationship Bella and Jacob are um, brewing. It's, <laughs> it's a, an odd one if you were to ask me. But now we go to chapter 10, which is titled The Meadow. So more times passed um, and Bella hasn't been able to see Jacob for a while um, because of Jacob's quote sickness and she's not handling it well. There's like a lot of conflicting information. So she's called Billy a bunch of times or called the um, house phone of the Black family to ask like what's going on. And eventually Billy tells Bella that it's probably mono. <laughs> and Bella looks it up and finds out that like full recovery from mono is like a month. And so she's like a month without Jacob. And she literally cannot. She's like, that's too long. I can't handle that. And then Charlie starts worrying because he thinks that Bella's going to like, you know, fall into her um, deep, deep, sad depression state again, which is understandable. I like feel so bad for Charlie. He really is like trying his best to help Bella, but like Bella's just like so it's so unpredictable how her um how she's gonna be feeling if like a sudden something sudden changes that like I don't know. I'm sure Charlie is like constantly unsure how to he like wants to help Bella, obviously, but like he doesn't he doesn't know how. He's just doing his best. He's doing his best. But he, Charlie talks to Bella about this and is like, hey, can, are you like going to be okay? And Bella lies telling him that she's going to go have another or have a study date with Jessica. And I'm like, bitch, Jessica does not want to hang out with you. No, Jessica <laughs> is literally not talking to your ass. Because <laughs> you almost got her murdered. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then Charlie leaves to go fishing with um harry clearwater which is his really good friend from the res and it also was like a random day where the weather was really nice which is why they decided to go fishing that day but um instead of going to see jessica which is what she claimed to be or what she supposedly told her dad she would do this bitch went to go find the meadow by herself <laughs> 
which I'm like, hmm, this is going to be not a good idea. Um, so she somehow manages to find the meadow. And at first she's disappointed because like nothing happens. Like she thinks she's going to hear or see her ghost Edward, or she thinks that like something's going to happen. But when she gets to the meadow, um, she doesn't feel anything. And then suddenly Laurent shows up out of nowhere. And at first she's like kind of like glad to see him or like pleasantly surprised to see him until Laurent um, tells her that he is back in forks on behalf of Victoria and that Victoria wants to kill her because Bella's partner Edward killed her partner James and it's all like a um, what is it like a mate for a mate so your boyfriend killed my boyfriend so I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Yep. thing and I'm like oh damn um but when Laurent finds Bella he was in the middle of hunting meaning that he is very thirsty and um he considers killing Bella himself um but not telling Victoria in the process which uh is very scary and in this altercation that's when the ghost Edward comes back and basically tells Bella to lie but Le- Bella's really bad at lying because she says that um Laurent's like, oh, the Cullens, they're not in the house. And Bella's like, yeah, they uh, they uh, moved on. He's like, I'm surprised they didn't take you. Aren't you like their pet? <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Um, and the ghost Edward is even like, you need to be better at lying. <laughs> uh, that doesn't work. And uh, Laurent continues to approach Bella until suddenly uh, Laurent's eyes change and like he's scared of something and um it is realized that Laurent is afraid of these giant wolves so there are like five wolves that appear out of nowhere and they hunt down Laurent and um Bella tries her best to like quickly escape the woods and when she finally gets home she ends up telling Charlie that she saw the quote bears except for they're not bears they're wolves (laughs) she saw these giant wolves um and that's how the chapter ends. It's also important to note. So Harry Clearwater is one of Billy's really good friends. But in this part of the book, he is starting to have like heart issues. So that's going to be a very important detail later in this section. <laughs> but just keep in mind that his heart problems were um, starting to be more of a problem at this portion. So why did Bella even go to the meadow? I don't get it because she went to the Collins house expecting something to happen and nothing happened she just felt bad Mm -hmm. what was she expecting from the meadow like why did she expect that to be any different than what happened when she went to the cullen house i think because she was just desperate like the cullen house didn't have the zhuzh so maybe the meadow had the zhuzh (laughs) but she also it was like because she was disappointed and nothing happened like she was about to fall into that um pit of sadness again uh, and she also kept saying how she was glad that Jacob wasn't there because she didn't want him to like see her kind of like revert to that state. But it didn't really help either because she ended up like encountering Laurent who tried to kill her. I was like, see, going to this meadow wasn't a good idea at all. <laughs> no, this was the start of Bella really starting to grind my gears. I was annoyed for with Bella for a majority of this part of the book. Yeah, this, this whole section, just... I was just very annoyed with Bella. <laughs> I literally have like you dumb bitch written down in my book multiple times because <laughs> I'm just so mad at her. Yep. Yeah. Likewise. I never, 
anytime they're like Bella you need to lie I already know she's not going to be a good liar like <laughs> no she's a terrible liar she's a terrible liar also she's all she's really starting to annoy me here too with the uh I don't know what's going on with these huge wolves I don't know what could possibly be happening mm-hmm. and this is something that continues on and on and on and we'll we'll get into that but I mean even when we get to the part where it's like oh what's the importance of the wolves I was like how did you not <laughs> how did you not connect earlier <laughs> I know uh, okay so um yeah that's how chapter 10 goes and then we move to chapter 11 which is titled cult So in chapter 11, Bella has more nightmares, except for this time, it's about Victoria hunting her down. And when she wakes up, Bella's focus returns to the fact that Jacob still hasn't contacted her in over a week. And she's like, I still can't handle this. Um, But at this point, she's like had enough of this radio silence from Jacob's end. And she's like, I'm going to drive to La Push. And um, on her way to Jacob, she sees Quill and offers him a ride. like okay (laughs) I don't even know if Bella saw Quill enough times to be like oh yeah he'll like he'll remember me I feel like they only saw each other once right yeah like once in the garage Mm -hmm. like I don't know (laughs) I don't know if I would be like oh yeah can you just drop me off at my house (laughs) that seemed a little weird to me but she's like hey do you need a ride he's like hmm yeah I guess it's like Bella the senior drives up to this little sophomore and is like hey you need a ride kid <laughs> he's all like sullen and like walking with his shoulder slumped. he's like yeah yeah I guess I could use a ride <laughs> so I thought that was a little weird but after she drives uh drops Quill off at his place she makes her way to Jacob's and no one expects her to show up which like duh she didn't call or say anything about going there Jacob taps on her car window and he's like very very visibly upset um he's there with sam's gang of course (laughs) and the gang and um, bella asks if they can talk alone without without the gang present so they go off somewhere and bella tries to get answers from jacob basically asking like why are you hanging out with sam i thought you didn't like sam what's going on um and also i think at this point jacob has gone through like a visual transformation like I think he cut his hair at this point right yeah yeah he's like so he went from being really scrawny with his long black hair to being like kind of buff and uh he cut his hair really short so Bella's still asking questions trying to get answers but then Jacob tells her that he was wrong about Sam's intentions and basically that this referring to like himself and their friendship is um, wrong and everything's bad because of the Collins and basically tells her that they can't be friends anymore. And Bella tries her best to make him reconsider and is like, uh, this can't be like, what What can we do to fix this? Blah, 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 blah. And um, he just like refuses. So Bella goes home very, very shaken and upset. Um, Billy actually calls Charlie and tells her tells him that Bella's coming home uh and that Jacob and Bella got into a fight which (laughs) I'm like Billy is such an instigator (laughs) really is Billy is such an instigator like all the times that Bella kept calling to check in on Jacob like he um Billy was just like not complying or like wasn't very helpful was always very like curt with her and short and like not really um (laughs) not really helping out in any way (laughs) 
Yeah, um, really expected uh, Bella to do absolutely anything he wanted in the last book. He was like, mm. break up with your boyfriend. And mm. now he's like, no, you can't even talk to my son. <laughs> you, you can't do this, Billy. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just be like and do this. No, but you cannot do that. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. That's not how this works. Uh, yeah, Isabella so gets home and Charlie asks her what's wrong. And um, Bella tells Charlie what's wrong. And then Charlie gets mad. He calls Billy and he basically defends Bella. And I'm like, oh my God, what a supportive dad. <laughs> I know, I love that he literally defends her and believes her no matter what. Even mm-hmm. if she's wrong, mm-hmm. he like trusts her enough to believe that she's being honest and truthful. I literally wrote down, Charlie defends Bella to the ends of the earth. And then in quotes, I put, so nice, frowny face. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote, I love the way Charlie always defends and wholly believes Bella. He's such a good dad. I love him so much. (laughs) Um, So after that, after Charlie basically tells Billy off, um, Bella ends up going to sleep, but she wakes up in the middle of the night to the sound of a sharp noise on her window. And immediately she's like, I'm going to (laughs) die. it's victoria i'm gonna die um and that's how that chapter ends very like abruptly i think in this chapter though she does say the quote don't tell me you're listening to billy's superstitious nonsense now but how is that superstitious nonsense but vampires being real (laughs) is completely fine and that makes sense but the (laughs) werewolf thing that's nonsense that's a no-no I mean, there is a point where she talks about like all these mythical creatures and stuff like that, but um, I don't know how she can, I don't know how she can believe one, but not the other. I love how like vampires are completely fine, but werewolves are what, what sends her off the deep end. That's what makes her be like, oh my God, if there's werewolves, are there fairies and every other mythical creature to ever (laughs) exist? But you didn't have this reaction for vampires. (laughs) I also was like, this bitch literally went to a meadow. Like, <laughs> meadows are usually the, I don't know, the luring spot of a lot of, like, woodland creatures. <laughs> I know. Fairies, definitely. But nope, she didn't She didn't consider that. Um, yeah, so we move on to chapter 12, which is called Intruder. And um, the strange sound she thought was initially Victoria actually ended up being Jacob who was climbing up a tree in order to get into her room (laughs) through the window. And I'm like, Hmm, this sounds very familiar except for very poorly executed because I don't actually know why, like, why was it easier for Edward to enter through her window, but not Jacob. And I'm sure Edward's still just a little more stealthy than Jacob is regardless of how stealthy he is now. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah I was like wait how how the heck was Edward able to like sneak into her room every night but when Jacob tries to do it it's like he's he's just like can't get it he can't get it right um so yeah Bella finally lets him in through the window she's really shocked that it's Jacob and not Victoria and she immediately tells him to like go away (laughs) and Jacob tries to apologize but she refuses to accept it and um this is when Jacob asks her or tries to get Bella to like jog her memory so that he can so she can remember the story that he told her when they went to the beach in La Push basically the story being the um the old the old Quileute story where they talk about the um the cold ones and the werewolves and um 
of course, the only portion of that story that Bella can immediately remember is the vampire portion. I'm like, this bitch just completely forgot the other half of the story. Why do I feel like that's a little unbelievable? I don't know if I buy that. I don't think I buy it either. Like this whole time, I'm like, how, how does she remember? How does she remember only the vampire portion? But not the werewolves, which was the other half of it. I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. But um, yeah, so Jacob really tries his best to get Bella to remember, but he also is explaining that he can't tell her. She has to come up with it or figure it out on her own. So he is like, I can't be here for long. I have to leave. And then um, the next morning or even before then, Bella has a dream. And then that's when it clicks. She like remembers the story and like in a portion of this chapter, it like quotes the conversation that they had when they told when Jacob told her the story. But first thing in the morning when she wakes up, she's like, oh, my God, it's werewolves. <laughs> Jacob's a werewolves. <laughs> the werewolves are here and so she's like I gotta go to a little push so I can tell Jacob um but Charlie stops her and then they get into like this complicated standoff about all the missing people and um Charlie tells Bella that the police um or the sheriff's department have like armed people and even volunteers who are going out trying to shoot down these wolves and Bella's like no don't hurt my boys um and then this chapter ends with Bella being set on at least trying to warn Jacob and the gang um, of the police patrols. But she also like thinks that the werewolves are killing the missing people, which is not the case, which we'll find out in the next chapter. But yeah, that's how that chapter ends. <laughs> what I don't get is, so Bella's questioning whether she should tell Jacob about the hunt the hunters or not coming for them uh-huh. but why did she not have that same energy when jacob or rather when jasper was attacking her at her party was that not a vampire coming after her to fucking kill her <laughs> or even take away the fact that it's a cullen okay she was happy to see laurent in the meadow i know it's it, so weird <laughs> because it meant that there was some sort of connection to edward in her world is jacob not a connection to that like she acts like the werewolves are such bad people she automatically jumps to them being bad mm-hmm. why does she not connect there's a vampire on the loose there are people going missing in the meadow it's not like the wolves chase after her but she just keeps saying these wolves are so bad. It's not a gang. It's something even worse. Why does she assume that it's something bad? I don't know. Especially like the part in the meadow. The vampire tried to attack you. The wolves saved you. The only reason she's alive right now is because of the wolves. Like, it's so <laughs> twisted. And yet she's still putting blame on the wolves. And she's saying that even the blood suckers are better than you, Jacob, because I don't know. Like, why? I don't know. What what evidence do you have that they're bad because you think that they're killing people? Even though Laurent literally said he was going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Why do you not connect the dots? I really don't believe that Bella isn't connecting the dots. I think, I think Stephanie Meyer just isn't, we'll we'll get there. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about that at the end. I mean, I think Bella has a prejudice against, um, wool like the wool oh yeah definitely like she just automatically 
assume, like, <laughs> and there are multiple reasons why she could assume this, but like, yeah, in terms of um, like giving a fair chance, especially with all these like mythical creatures that she's suddenly realizing exist. I'm like, it doesn't, it really truly doesn't make sense that you think that the vampires are the, are automatically good and the wolves are automatically bad. I'm like, what is the, where does that, where does that make sense? Even um, when they're trying to murder you, somehow they're still better in your eyes than your friend. I don't know. Hmm. Weird. Okay, Bella. <laughs> okay, Bella. Um, yeah, I literally don't, I can't, I don't believe this bitch doesn't, <laughs> didn't remember the werewolf part. Literally in the very end of the story, when she has her flashback, the last thing she sh- that she says is werewolves have enemies. And then Jacob says only one. Like she says the word it's not even like they keep playing around or like you know running around um the topic of like the wolf port the wolf portion like it's it's part of the story <laughs> it's part of the legend I know that angers me so much I have some more to say about that when we get to, to when, when we get to the end and talk about everything in a summary <laughs> I've got a I've got a thing to say <laughs> Yeah, she automat- She literally ends this chapter automatically assuming that the werewolves are the bad are the bad guys. She says the werewolves have chosen a different path. Now what should I choose? <laughs> and then we move on to chapter 13, which is titled Killer. So Bella makes her way to La Push, but when she arrives, Jacob is sleeping. So she asks Billy to tell Jacob that he can find her at the beach. Um, and when she gets to the beach, she realizes that it is the same beach that um, Bella went with her friends, which is the beach that Jacob told her the legend. Um, and they immediately meet up. As we just said, Bella basically accuses Jacob and the uh, gang of being murderers for killing all those missing people. And Jacob tries to explain that Bella's got it all wrong. The wolves aren't killing. It's the vampires. So he lets her know that when... Um, Bella saw Laurent in the meadow. The five wolves that basically saved her were were the gang. Um, and at first, Bella's like, "You guys managed to kill Laurent," and um, they realize that the there's still more killing happening even after they kill Laurent, and that's because the other vampire that is still on the loose is Victoria. So Bella tells Jacob that Victoria is um after it's after her and because of the kill yeah <laughs> because edward killed james and spills all the tea that and blah, blah blah um and so after jacob tells or after bella tells jacob that um he's like okay we need to tell this to the gang and they're like okay let's go meet the gang so that's how that chapter ends <laughs> that's how that chapter ends i do have a question though so Victoria's whole thing is that she's upset because Bella's partner, Edward, killed James. But Edward didn't kill James, technically. Wasn't it the other Cullen siblings who killed him? Like, like they got in, they, they got into a fight and they, like, had a, a match off that way. But, like, wasn't it? I thought it was the other Cullen kids that actually killed him. Or was it just that they burned him? I don't know. Maybe you're right, but maybe just because in her eyes, James wanted Bella. So if it wasn't for Bella, I don't know, you know, like I was trying to remember it, like, because this whole portion is like Victoria's upset because 
Bella's partner killed her partner. So she's going to, so Victoria wants to kill Bella. But when I like go back to think about how that actual like standoff happened back in Twilight, I'm pretty sure Edward didn't kill James. Was it Edward who maybe found where they were? I don't remember how, because it was kind of a group effort. It wasn't. Yeah, it was a group effort. It wasn't a one-on-one murder. Mm -hmm. It was. Like, it would make sense for, like, I guess, actually, no, it doesn't really make sense with that either. If you consider, like, okay, maybe Victoria just, like, wasn't aware. Um, She just knew that her partner had died, but, like, is putting the blame on Edward because Edward is essentially the person who set off James and like started this whole the whole chase but like when you think about it I'm pretty sure Edward didn't kill James yeah but I mean who else is she gonna go after like Carlisle doesn't have a human she can go after Emmett doesn't have a human she can go after like Bella's the only one yeah so like why not yeah like so she I'm- is kind of the reason that this entire thing <laughs> going on sorry Bella not to blame you but it's kind of your fault bitch I'm like no I'm totally blaming you this is literally all your fault I'm pretty sure that's part of my like final thoughts I'm like can we talk about though this is all Bella's fault but anyway we won't I won't uh, indulge in that thought quite yet um but do you have any other notes for this section yes I am amazed at how illogical Bella is because she thinks that entire an entire group of people is just totally fine with these teenage boys just going around and murdering people. So Bella's talking about Billy and she says, what did he think of what his son had become? But I knew he had supported Sam from the very beginning. So I suppose the murders must not bother him much. How did he justify this? I don't like, I don't understand how she thought that Billy and the entire group of Will you people are just totally fine with murders and it's not the vampire on the loose well it even makes even less sense because when jacob told bella about sam and his gang he explained that yes they are a gang but they're protectors like they they do good for the community and make sure that the kids don't get into any bad trouble like whether it's i don't know like drugs or underage drinking or rowdiness or roughhousing. Like Jacob tells Bella that um, Sam's gang are actually like good community people. So it literally doesn't make sense for them to actually end up being murderers. Like the gang's activity involves killing people. Like it doesn't make (laughs) I just genuinely don't understand how she genuinely thinks that this group of people is killing people and nobody cares. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, not the murderous vampire that just tried to kill you a couple days ago. It's the wolves that saved you. <laughs> make it make sense, bitch. <laughs> make it make sense, bitch. Um. <laughs> and she also says, Jacob was my friend, whether he killed people or not. <laughs> what the fuck? Would you be my friend if I killed someone, Tori? No. <laughs> no and for those of you can't see i am slowly nodding (laughs) while i say no No. also why does jacob keep calling bella honey it makes me very uncomfortable yes i did notice that i couldn't tell at what point he starts calling her or like adding like saying honey when he's like oh honey 
but it makes me uncomfortable. I'm telling you, this whole thing, this whole relationship, whatever they have going on, <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable. I didn't mention this, but they have this weird dynamic where they like fight about their age. Like, oh, I can cook really good. So that adds five years to my age, but I can fix a car. So that adds 20 years to my age. So somehow they've decided that Jacob is older than Bella. Mm-hmm. but maybe that's how she's justifying this in her head I don't know well it's just weird that they have to go through that whole like imagine or figurative age game in order to justify like having kind of romantic feelings for each other I was like this is making me so it's weird it's so strange I was like this is making me so uncomfortable and then like when you add the whole portion where Bella wishes that Jacob was like her brother I was like oh this is making it even weirder Yeah, even if Bella doesn't have romantic feelings for Jacob, it's still a weird dynamic. It's still something that's like, like, I I don't, I think the part that I also don't like is the, the part where she like says that she wants to have a claim on him. I was like, you can't, (laughs) I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a good way to word it. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't go to therapy and you try to fix your depression with another person. (laughs) <laughs> a common Bella phrase. needs therapy. Yeah, a common phrase that I kept saying in my head as we read through the sections in these chapters. Um, do you have anything else for chapter thirteen before we move on? Oh, I want to know. Jacob asks Bella if it's true that vampires can have extra powers, like how Edward can read minds and whatnot. And Jacob says that he thought that was a myth. Why do these people keep thinking that these things are myths? You're a werewolf. Why would a vampire that can read minds be a myth? <laughs> like, wh- I just keep finding these holes that I'm like, please, what was the logic? Why do you not think a vampire can like tell the future or something? Wait till we get to chapter 16. Because <laughs> when I get, I get even more confused at that chapter. But yeah, there's literally no logic anymore. <laughs> there's no more logic (laughs) is there anything else no I'm good okay all right so the next chapter after 13 is 14 which is titled family so Jacob and Bella arrive at the meeting spot to meet the rest of the boys (laughs) the rest of Sam's gang um and the werewolf pack appear but then they get upset with Jacob because he has brought Bella to their meeting space um, one of the members, Paul and Jacob, get into this argument, altercation, and suddenly go wolf mode. <laughs> and they go wolfy. They go wolfy and they start fighting each other. And Sam urges the remaining boys, who um, are Embry and Jared, to take Bella to Sam's fiance Emily's place uh, to kind of hang out in the meantime until the <laughs> until the two wolf boys are done with whatever they got going on. Um, so. Uh, Embry and Jared take Bella to Emily's place and then meanwhile Sam is like scrounging for clothing that he can give to Paul and Jacob to wear when they uh, return back into their human state which I think is so funny how like when they transform their clothes just like when they're just running through the woods what happens are they just like naked? Do they hide clothes throughout the woods? I never understood that. I really don't. I really don't know. Like, is there um, a secret spot in the forest that they can just keep 
at least a pair of pants because it literally talks about how they're running out of pants because they keep ripping them and their shoes, they keep running out of shoes because they keep ripping them. And then in my head, I'm like, so this, well, obviously they don't wear shirts because like it always describes them as not wearing shirts, but I'm also like, does that mean that they don't wear like underpants either? I guess that's like an extra layer of clothing that like is just going to get ripped off once they transform. So I don't know. Part of me just thinks that there's like a secret hideaway in the woods that's only filled with pants. <laughs> that's what I, that's how I concluded <laughs> That's how I concluded it. Um, yeah. So Sam tries to find clothes for Paul and Jacob to wear whenever they're done. Um, and then Bella is later introduced to Emily and she's offered them all food. And then in the middle of eating, um, Jacob and Bella decide or end up telling the pack of werewolves the updates to the vampire hunting strategy basically bella just says like oh yeah so that vampire that you're trying to hunt her name's victoria and she's trying to kill me because reasons that we've already talked about um and then part of that strategy also involves keeping bella and charlie on uh in la push whenever they're not at school or at work uh, in order to help trap Victoria on the reservation, because on the res, that means that the wolves are able to like kill vampires and it gets like a little complicated because of the whole treaty where there's like a certain area that the wolves can't attack vampire. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, for a moment, Charlie tries to question Bella on like the change because last Charlie heard, Bella and Jacob got into an argument and are mad at each other. But then Bella just simply tells him that it was all a big misunderstanding. So one of the things they say in this chapter is that Emily has a scar going down the side of her face because mm-hmm. she was a little too close to Sam during um, a freak out of his. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that Bella refers to the way she looks as ruined. Mm-hmm. Like she calls her features ruined. She says, like, the beautiful half of her face. Like, that. I don't like the language that you're using, Isabella Swan. That's Isabella. <laughs> I remember last time, I think it was when um, they had described Leah, they, like, referred to her as, like, an exotic. Like, her features were very exotic or something like that. And then with um, Emily, it says she was a young woman with satiny copper skin and long straight crow black hair i was like "Mm." (laughs) i don't know the way that they describe the people of color i'm like (laughs) yeah and i don't remember which boy warned bella to not stare and before she saw the scars she said that she thought that he warned her not to stare because she was so beautiful Beautiful. Mm -hmm. and it's just so weird like she's just a person why do you have to stare at her like i get she's pretty but like just the way she talks about them like they're so otherworldly mm-hmm. and with their russet skin with the, don't even get me started on the russet skin <laughs> which I will talk about at the very end um, but uh yeah that's that's yeah that's uh what we have to say for this chapter yeah she's just really judgmental she also says all in all it wasn't exactly what i had expected from a pack of werewolves yeah maybe because you were being a judgmental bitch bella i know if anything like other than the argument that the argument altercation that um 
Paul and Jacob got into like the rest of the the rest of her time with the gang was like really domestic and pleasant like they had breakfast together and Emily made like a large pot of eggs (laughs) yeah what would you not expect from a big group of huge dog boys like (laughs) it's exactly what you would expect from a huge group of dog boys why are you so shocked and they're all teenagers too so you got you got these <laughs> really tall Sam is literally the oldest he's what 19 mm-hmm. they're all yeah. babies they're all teenagers so they're you've got these teenage dog boys what do you like the only thing that they they're only they only care about food because they have a huge appetite assumingly and like get into arguments because they're a bunch of dudes like <laughs> and they sleep on beds that they have to lay diagonal on because they're way too huge to fit on their little beds <laughs> That like is kind of precious, but kind of sad. Like I'm just picturing this huge man child boy thing in his little bed. I mean, later on you find out that like because of all the patrolling, the boys are really tired. And I'm like, oh, poor babies. <laughs> poor babies. They need a nap. <laughs> they need a little, the little puppies need a nap. <laughs> no wonder Emily's so protective over them. She's like, they're my little babies. Yeah, that's basically chapter 14. She gets pissed that Jacob calls her a hypocrite, but like she is a hypocrite. She's such a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now we're at chapter 15, which is titled Pressure. So Bella begins her her, um, spring break at La Push, except for during the day, she's usually on her own while Jacob and the rest of the um, werewolf gang are out patrolling. And then one evening while Uh, Bella and Jacob are talking they make plans to go cliff diving (laughs) and I'm like oh here we go this is um yet another plan of Bella's that just truly does not make any sort of sense they decide to go cliff diving because Bella is getting really bored of either hanging out at the beach or hanging out at Jacob's house with Billy or staying at Emily's she like even says that being at Emily's is unbearable because she can't stand people being loving towards each other and I was like what the fuck and Sam and Emily are so lovey-dovey and kissing all over each other and I'm like what (laughs) okay all right um and she's even sick of walking aimlessly on the beach so on the day of the secret diving plan and it's secret because of course they can't tell Billy and of course they're also not going to tell Charlie because that would just be asking for trouble Bella tries to find Jacob, but then Billy tells Bella that there are news updates regarding the search, basically that the werewolf gang found like a fresh track left by Victoria and that they think that they've cornered her, but they realize that Victoria doesn't want to fight them. She's just trying to get through them so that she can get to Bella. That meant that Jacob would not be available to go cliff diving and that makes Bella sad. At one point she was like, oh, I get to like spend time with Jacob and Edward. And I was like, oh, this is yeah, really that's fucked weird. up. <laughs> this is really weird. Um, and so because she's so disappointed and she like was looking forward to being able to hear or see her ghost Edward. She's like, I'm going to go cliff diving anyway. And I'm like, Oh my God, this, she needs, she needs to be stopped. Um, Therapy. She does. She really truly does. Um, And so she goes cliff diving and (laughs) she, yeah, very desperately heads to the beach recklessly jumps off of the cliff as she had planned and obviously she didn't think this plan through because at first her only fear dealt with the fact that like she would be jumping off of this very high height 
which is scary in itself. But then she didn't even consider the ocean down below, which is another like very scary thing to think about. And the current at this time was going very, um, it was really rough and like a strong ocean current. Um, so strong that she wasn't able to swim to shore or to safety because she couldn't even tell where, what direction to go into after she had landed in the water. Um, and basically she's like, inhaling too much water she's really really physically weak and um she has this like inner dialogue with her ghost edward him basically asking her why she's doing this bella saying because you told me to be human and that she just like is is not having a good time and it ends with her basically saying her goodbyes to edward and then she loses consciousness and that's how this chapter ends what does that even mean she says you wanted me to be human well watch, watch me, me. I, what does that mean like watch me die like a I, fucking human like, I really don't I I guess that's what I guess that's the apparently that's the only thing that that could mean if somebody tells you to be human <laughs> which I'm like whoa that is I was listening to um storm sound effects while I was reading this chapter to really get that ambiance I was already getting very annoyed and frustrated with Bella throughout this entire book and um the cliff diving one really got me. I was like, oh gosh. And she's like self-aware of how selfish she's being and like irrational she's acting. And I'm like, but it doesn't, it like isn't helping, especially when you like learn about the events that happen in the upcoming chapter. But yeah, she was really pissing me off with the cliff diving thing too. Like it doesn't, she's so, she, she's, claims or talks about being concerned about Jacob for being really tired and feels bad that he's like doing all this all of this to protect her and then she does an activity that puts her in danger probably even worse danger um especially if like Jacob didn't try to save her spoiler alert from the from the water I don't know it just seems so selfish that she'd be like well here's my really good friend that I care so much about who is trying to protect me let me put myself in yet another situation that I could have avoided aka the cliff diving like she could have just not gone cliff diving but no she wasn't yeah and she constantly complains about not being worthy and not being like worth being saved by the people in her life and then she constantly continues to prove why she is in fact not worthy like could you maybe just not be a dumb (laughs) ass for a while and then maybe you would be worthy of being saved bella maybe but like the thing is is that she does constantly be get saved and she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. People are always saving her ass and for what? For her to go and risk it again so that they have to go risk themselves again? She literally says in the previous chapter, love is irrational, I reminded myself. The more that you love someone, the less sense anything made. <laughs> and I'm like, well, all the people who love you that keep saving you, they are just like, we. I gotta save her because this bitch is making decisions and doing things that make no sense. <laughs> there is a part in this chapter where... Um, Bella and Jacob are sitting in his new car that he just finished fixing up. This is the part when Jacob asks a bunch of questions about the Cullens, um, how they, some of them have like special powers and blah, blah, blah. And then um, Jacob starts getting angry or upset and basically tells Bella to like talk about something else so that he is distracted. And it reminds me when um Bella and Edward were in the car and Edward told Bella to say something to distract him from like being upset I don't know there were just like a lot of parallels with Jacob (laughs) I was like oh I'm sensing a pattern 
All right. And then we have our final chapter of this section, which is chapter 16, and it's titled Paris. At first, when I saw this chapter title, I was like, why is it called Paris? I thought they go to Italy. And then like, as you read on, you realize why it's called Paris. We end chapter 15 with Bella basically thinking that she's died. But then in chapter 16, it begins with um, basically Bella has not died. And that's because Jacob has saved her ass once again. (laughs) He pulls her out of the water and um, tries to get all that ocean water out of her um but jacob is also accompanied by sam and once bella is finally conscious he urges sam to head back to the hospital and the reason is because while bella was cliff diving earlier that day harry clearwater um the good friend of billy and charlie um was sent to the hospital because he had a heart attack and so Charlie, Billy, the Clearwater family, and others um, ended up being at the hospital just to see, like, how's Harry doing? When Jacob gets Bella back to his place, um, he tries to, like, warm her up and get her some dry clothes. And this portion kind of confuses me. Like, suddenly Bella starts thinking about the story of Romeo and Juliet, but I still don't know what prompted that. Like, I kept reading that section multiple times, and I'm like, I don't... I think she dreamed about it, and then when she woke up, she was still just thinking about it. Okay. Because at first I was like, did she see something, like, on tele- on the television, and that prompted it? Because, like, she literally goes from, you know, dry off from <laughs> from being in the ocean, and then suddenly it's like, Romeo and Juliet's story. I was like, I don't understand where this came from. I guess she dreamt about the story of Romeo and Juliet and she compares it a lot with her own scenario. Yeah, Paris is the character that she kind of like associates with Jacob. Yeah, Yeah. with Jacob, but that happens. Um, And then Billy and Sam get back to the house and they announce that Harry didn't make it. So Bella asks um, where Charlie is and Charlie ended up staying at the hospital to help with making arrangements. So Jacob drives Bella home and on the way home, Jacob smells a vampire. Dun, dun, dun. And Bella ends up noticing that it's Carlisle's car that's at her house because Bella made it known that one of the members of the Cullen family are back in Forks. Um, Jacob doesn't allow himself to continue driving to the house. At first, they thought it was Victoria, and they started driving back to towards La Push. But when Bella realized that it's not Victoria, it's one of the Cullens, uh, Jacob's like, I can't turn around. I can't turn this car around. And Bella's like, well, I'm not. I can't leave. And so Jacob just leaves her. <laughs> he just leaves her. And she drives the rest of the way home. And um, when she gets home, she opens the door and realizes that somebody was waiting for her. And that is how chapter 16 ends. Okay. So one in this portion or in this chapter, they do talk a lot about how um, Victoria actually like the werewolves lost Victoria because she jumped into the ocean and started swimming. And then Bella talks about how she did. She thought that she saw like a fiery red image in the water after cliff diving and part of her was like not quite sure if maybe she did see victoria when she was in the water like she's still not 100 sure if she believes that and then the other note <laughs> that i fucking wrote down is that there's a portion before they initially get to bella's house where J- jacob gives bella a hug and basically, Bella has thoughts about, like, having a very passionate makeout scene with Jacob. And I was like, uh-uh, I can't. 
I can't. She literally says, so Jacob gave her a hug and she says, if I turned my head and kissed his shoulder, like she would know, she would know exactly how this would pan out. And she was like contemplating, like, do I want to, but could I do it? Could I betray my absent heart to save my pathetic life? And I was like, what the fuck? Um, and then afterwards she's like, oh, there's a vampire. <laughs> my question is, Jacob knows that there's a vampire there because he can smell it. But how did he not smell Victoria on the beach? I don't know. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) We're like, look at all these plot holes. I know. Also, I was wondering, because she goes into the whole, like, if Romeo left a Juliet, would it be so bad for her to, you know, go after Paris especially if Paris was her best friend and she cared about him more than anything why is she thinking this now is it because he saved her life is it because he's like finally pressured her enough that she feels like she does love him like why all of a sudden is she like you know what maybe this life with Jacob could work out the entire time I was reading this, all I could think of was that episode of iCarly where Freddie saves Carly's life and then automatically she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Freddie is Jacob. What so. a comparison. <laughs> and she goes on to explain that she wants to explain it to him right so that sh- he knows that she's not settling because he's too good for her, but she is settling. Mm-hmm. And being quote unquote too good for her has nothing to do with settling he could be the shittiest person in the world and if that's the person that she wanted it wouldn't be settling but he's not the one she wants so it is settling she's 100% trying to convince herself that she's not settling for this kid <laughs> I know I know. he literally says I have to tell him that I'm not settling and then let me explain to him why, why I'm, I'm settling, settling. yeah him. exactly like, that's why I couldn't like this portion really got me <laughs> This section really got me. She tries really hard to like defend herself, but like she doesn't really need to. Like if Edward was there, there would be no competition. It's not like she's violently torn between these two men. There's no competition between Edward and Jacob. She's chosen. She has chosen. And which is something I completely forgot because the movies definitely play up the like love triangle portion. So I was very shocked reading this at how little romantic feelings there actually are it might be weird Mm -hmm. it might be a little over the line of friendship but like I wouldn't say it's romantic it's just weird it's very toxic and it's because she only needs him as a friend because she's struggling she didn't want to be his friend all like that when she had Edward she's just trying to close the hole she literally said she thought she was closing the hole Mm -hmm. with Jacob but it just opened up a new one one. whenever she wasn't able to talk to him. And she was riddled like Swiss cheese. That's what happens when you try to heal yourself with other people, Bella. Get therapy. Get. This bitch needs therapy. (laughs) Ah, um, Yeah, so that's how how this section ends. Um, Do you have any other final thoughts on just like this entire section of the book? Um, not just this chapter to go a little more into detail about what I was saying about I really don't think that Bella would be so dumb as to not pick up on the whole wolf thing because she's so detail oriented I don't believe that there could possibly be a detail about Edward's life that she didn't remember 
and the wolves are the vampire's enemies. She literally remembers that Carlisle drives a Mercedes S55. She doesn't know anything about cars. She knows everything about the horsepower of that car, and you're telling me she doesn't remember the werewolf story? Really? She doesn't remember about the treaty or anything? Especially because the fucking the fucking Cullen clan were part of that treaty. Exactly. Even in her classes, like she seems like a smart, attentive person. Why would this one very sm- big detail be so out of her mind? Like, does she not remember anything about the treaty? It's not like he didn't tell her that story. Edward talked to her about that. Mm-hmm. Does she just all of a sudden black out? Suddenly, I cannot remember. <laughs> suddenly I can't read I honestly think it's like selective memory like because of her obsession with the vampires very very selectively only remembers the vampire portion it makes no sense if I'm being honest I would like for it to be that but I genuinely just don't think that Stephanie Meyer thought about it that much and I don't think that she I feel like this is an example of her not having a full grasp on the character of Bella like I feel like (laughs) She's just using Bella as a tool to get her own emotions out. Like, <laughs> Bella was a, is a very set character. And this is not Bella. Mm-hmm. Twilight Bella and New Moon Bella. While she might be going through a depression, yes. They're very different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, like it doesn't... The character Stephanie Meyer. This isn't Bella. <laughs> oh, now I'm curious to see how Eclipse, uh, Eclipse Bella is going to turn into. Cause yeah, because I don't remember at all. I can't believe Twilight Bella is the best version of Bella. <laughs> so right now we're in the second third of this book. The number of events that have happened so far, so many things are happening all at once. And I'm like, I don't know. The like, It, it just seems like here's a big um story bomb and then here's a big plot change and here's another big plot change and when we read the last third of the book it's going to be another big plot change oh yeah I know that a lot is still coming and we don't have that much left so Mm -hmm. I'm like oh god it just it just gets me how that um how that's going the one thing that I wanted to bring up for sure during this episode is that I noticed um I talked a a little bit about it earlier in this episode but in Twilight, we had a counter for the number of times that the phrase blackly was used to um, as an adjective for like a certain thing. This time, I made a counter for the phrase russet because anytime they're referring to the color of, of like the brownish red skin or even just like the brownish red color of the wolf's fur, there are a lot of russet, it's like russet skin or the russet fur or the... <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not quite sure how we feel about that phrasing because it makes me think of the potato. So when I'm reading it, it'll be like the potato skin and the potato fur. Russet is the new darkly. How many russets did we have? I counted six, which is oh, a lot. Jeez, that's a lot. There were significantly less darklies overall, but in this one section alone there were six russets <laughs> that's almost like a russet per chapter <laughs> a russet per chapter like this one sentence says i couldn't imagine how the russet wolf would fit inside the rabbit the rabbit being the car that jacob fixed up there's another line that says his eyes bulged and his face turned a strange solo color under the russet surface so she's saying that they got 
reddish brown skin and the wolves sometimes have reddish brown fur. And then I tried to think like, what were other words that you could use instead of the phrase russet, reddish brown, (laughs) (laughs) other than reddish brown skin. Um, I also put in my notes that like there, I said this earlier too, in the episode that like Bella is really self-aware of like her poor decision making or like her emotions and just like what she's doing in general but she still continues making such horrible decisions and doing not the best actions and I'm like it's one thing that you're self-aware which is always good I guess but it's also not good if you aren't what's the point of being self-aware if you're not going to listen to your self-awareness yeah like the logic and what you should be doing or even just like being reasonable in your actions um I also put I was like, technically, it wasn't Edward that killed James. It was like a collective effort from the entire Cullen clan. But I guess for the sake of like adding drama to this storyline, I guess Stephanie Meyer was like, nah, we'll just let Victoria be angry and go into this lover's, (laughs) a lover's quarrel. (laughs) No, not even a lover's quarrel. But I guess it's just like for the sake of the story, she was like, oh, We'll just make Victoria mad at Bella because Victoria thinks that Edward is the one that killed her, her partner. And then um, I also said my final note that I wrote down was that it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that Bella is the cause of all of these big issues. Like before, before Bella (laughs) went to Forks, the treaty was fine. The vampires were doing their thing. The werewolves were being the werewolves. And then Bella comes in and then suddenly everything implodes. (laughs) The secrets are out and the vampires are causing havoc and the werewolves have multiplied. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around how like a lot of these problems um, or like big situations happening in the small, small town of Forks are revolving around Bella. I really don't like the way that Bella describes like the pack as they all have the exact same skin color and the exact same haircut and the exact same outfit. And I can't really tell them apart. Like, okay, great. And she hates Sam. She's got such a vendetta against Sam for a majority of this because she thinks that he's some gang murderous, like, killer mm-hmm. based off her own assumptions. Yeah. This really bothers me. She's always like, hmm, they're all exactly the same. And part of me is like, is that, <laughs> that's kind of racist. <laughs> I mean, and then I was thinking about it, but like, what makes Jasper and Edward different? They've got the exact same hair color, the exact same skin color. They same dress the same, don't they? What's different about them? But you're not calling them the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just... Carlisle too! <laughs> you're right. I'm you're not, not calling them a gang. You're not like the Cullen gang is out there. If anything, the Cullens are like a cult, especially when you consider the fact that they all have this gosh darn crest. <laughs> Yeah, I know. She doesn't call them a cult. They're the actual cult. <laughs> it's interesting reviewing this again. <laughs> I I know, I remember like kind of like when we dived into this initially, like obviously I'm still a big fan of like just werewolves and uh, vampires in general because like that's just like how I am. But reading this section of the book made me really feel for the werewolves. I'm like, they're not bad people. <laughs> They seem like fun. They seem like I want to hang out with them. Yeah. I was like, I like the werewolves. They're cool. They're they're they seem like 
nice people and like there isn't anything bad about them they're literally just boy puppies yeah like compared to the vampires because you have all the bad vampires and the quote good vampires which is a very small group but out of all the werewolves they're all good like sorry they don't seem ethereal and untouchable and scary like the vampires sorry they seem friendly and approachable like puppies (laughs) there we go we did it but yeah I, I mean similar to how we talked about in the last episode that like we it's weird that we like when we were younger had this like assumption that um Jacob was a bad character but I don't it's kind of like how like we didn't really think much about the werewolves but now reading it again I'm like wait the werewolves aren't that bad (laughs) the werewolves aren't that bad at all but if you thought that the craziness ended in this section oh no it (laughs) Bella's like, wow, that was crazy. And that's just the seventh craziest thing that's happened today. (laughs) Bella's like, I almost died twice. (laughs) And then then this next section comes up and you're like, holy shit, there's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) more. (laughs) Yeah, that being said, I think we are wrapping up this week's episode of the pod thank you so much for listening and remember you can tune in every other monday as we fall right back into our twilight obsession like it's 2008 again you can find calling the shots on spotify apple Podcasts, and your usual podcasting platforms come sit with us next time at lunch for more of our sparkling personalities Bye. bye